uh, hey Anthony, do you like do you like my new shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. It could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You want to fight about it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. Ah! Hold on a second. We don't need to fight. We don't. All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. Hello, hello. Is, is this thing on? Is uh, is the audio okay? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Mission Star Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Bionis, and with me as always, uh, the uh, the man himself, um, who could do a new... Bane your <laughs> the bane of my existence. The man who could do no wrong. Great deeds. Well, I wouldn't say that much. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I could do no wrong. I just... I like to play devil's advocate a lot, and devil's advocate usually gets me in trouble. Yeah. Uh, because I like to think of things and look at things from all angles, which is why I do the segment Why You're Wrong. Because I don't think that immediately going and saying, like, having having a knee-jerk reaction is, is the best route to anything. So, and I like to argue, which is arguably wrong. <laughs> Yeah. That hurt my brain. I don't <laughs> say that out loud. I'm not gonna lie. Um, just a little off topic here. Like I was gonna say it in the pregame show, but uh, um, you know that meme or not that meme? That one guy who is, um, you know, dressing up as a a character, but then has the 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 mirror, and that the other character is right behind him. Oh, I take that back. Never mind. I thought. Okay, never mind. I thought he was uh, trying to friend me on Facebook. Never mind. Somebody else. Okay. Scratch that. Sorry. I was very confused. <laughs> I was like, what are you on about? There, there's, there's a guy who is, um, he, he's, he's using like makeup to make one character on his face, on, on the frontal end, but then he has a mirror and he's making another character on his back. So it looks like they're both facing each other, but it's just a mirror trick. And it's gotcha. just one guy. Yeah. Anyways. I'm still a little confused as to what the mirror trick is. The mirror trick, I'll go by that. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you after the show. Yes, please. Um, okay, so. With that being said, and the weird stuff that I am alluding to, let's get right into the news. And we're going to start off with Nintendo VR. Um, so. Let's like tweet this out, actually. All right, boom. Okay. So, where should we begin? Ah, yes. TheVerge.com, uh, written by Dammy Lee, with no head strap, here's how you'll look playing Mario Odyssey in VR. Nintendo announced today that The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and, and Super Mario Odyssey will get free updates to work with its cardboard Labo VR headset, 
which left fans to speculate if they would have to hold up the VR goggles and play at the same time. As it turns out, the answer is yes. That's exactly how it works. In a statement given to The Verge, a Nintendo of America confirmed, during VR play, the Joy-Cons controllers are attached to the Nintendo Switch system and accessible on either side of the Toy-Con VR goggles, allowing players to simply hold the system up to their face and control the game as normal. There you have it. Labo VR will be in stores April 12th and be able to base headset coasting uh, $39.99 uh, while the updates will arrive April 25th. Um, so, yes, as, as Greg is showing on screen, that this kind of what it, what it would look like. So, yes, the Joy-Cons will be connected to your uh, to your to your uh, switch, and you and you're moving it um, with the VR attachment that they did you order. Um, the thing I'm is, not the world's biggest fan of that at all. <laughs> yeah, because I can see people getting their arms tired at some point of doing that. A hundred percent. Here's the thing. Here's what it needs to be. Like it needs to come with a strap. It needs to come with something that attaches to your fucking head. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't get how this is a. A th- like, maybe, maybe, and I'm just going to throw this out there, maybe this whole thing, this, like, update for all these games mm-hmm. is minimal? Like, they're showing stuff in, in Mario Odyssey that doesn't exist in certain these locations. Right. And these are these actually are brand, the three new levels they're going to implement into uh, Mario Odyssey, specifically for VR. Um... So, and then uh, with yeah, I don't know, like, but Le- but Legend of Zelda looks like the whole fucking game. Uh, it actually is. <laughs> it actually is the whole game in VR if you wanted to play that way. Um, well, I uh, no thanks. Good. <laughs> Appreciate it, but no thanks. Um, it's interesting. Like I, hmm, I. This, I mean, if VR ever would ever come to Nintendo, I wouldn't doubt that Nintendo would do it in a very Nintendo way, which is a weird, very weird kind of abstract way to approach it. So, for them to have the VR connected to uh, uh, Labos in order in, to, to have the thing so you can hold I, it in place and play the game, um, that's on par with Nintendo as far as as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I hope this is I hope this is a test and like this isn't just like a one-time thing and they actually come out with a headset that straps onto your head that you put the fucking switch into and then att- detach the joy cons and play because it could totally fucking work it, like, it you're, you're um, absolutely correct and that totally makes sense but i would say well this is nintendo we're talking about <laughs> they uh sometimes they get yeah. things right sometimes they don't um I just i i would i'd point to whatever what, happened what do we what do we call that when nintendo does something we were saying all I'm saying, like Nintendo does thing, does things right, and sometimes they don't, like or they have ideas out there. Uh, look at the V. Uh, what was it? The um, for the vitality sensor, whatever the hell that was, or that they were tr- trying to make a thing, but didn't really happen. Um, but they they do some oddball stuff. So this is right on brand for Nintendo. Um, so why well, have the first Labo kit? Yeah. And it's very much in the ballpark of a neat idea that really isn't like it's it's a it's it's a fun thing to do with your kid. Like I sp- uh, let me put it this way. I I've spent more time 
building the stuff than I did, which is super fun, by, by the way, than I did uh, uh, playing with it. Yeah. Way more fun building it than I did playing with it. So, like, I don't know. Like, this is a neat idea. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what, like, how it looks and, and what it plays like and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't know that it's... I don't know that it's worth your $70 to buy this kit. That is very true. That is very, very true. It is a cool thing. I think if you were a young uh, person... Oh, my God. No, it's, I can't say young person. Um, if, you were, if you were a kid who is wanting to get into building, that wants to get into something like that, uh, an engineer, like it is like the most awesome thing to have. Absolutely. It's a great thing to, to, to learn or to use to, as a teaching moment. But as far as a on itself, like an entertaining thing that you want to play over and over again, it's it's not that. You could do certain things, and it's cool to make them and to play certain games, but it won't... The entertainment value, at least to me, it does not equate to the price. But what I will say... Um, or, what, or Go ahead. No, it's, I was... There's a state, like, I, I don't know how I, like, 100% feel, because I think it's a good idea, but I also think it's a bad idea. Like I said, I think it's a good idea because it could it could pave the way for something new and interesting in Nintendo, and this seems like more of a test than anything else. But it also doesn't seem like a test, and it's a full price product. So yeah, it's kind of like if it doesn't succeed, will Nintendo read that as it's not a viable thing, or will they will it like regardless of success or not, will they be like the potential for VR based games on the Switch is totally a thing and. Suddenly at E3, they're just like, you know, you saw that like cardboard one, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we got like an actual plastic one. I Nintendo's always a ball card, and when it comes to ideas like this, and you never know what direction they're gonna go into. Are they gonna support it, or are they gonna drop it? Um, right. It's we'll have to wait and see. Like I, I would say like E3 actually probably a good time it's like if they say anything about this or they push it then they're probably leaning towards that they will support it or have enough sales to keep it going or if it's not at the et press conference like maybe they're not going to support it then maybe just just say a, a one-off thing um who's to know about that nintendo as we as i said is a is a wild card like we don't know what exactly what direction yeah. they're going towards? I mean, you know, you know as well as I do that somebody is going to take just the plastic piece with the with the lenses, uh, build like a whole fucking headset that they can wear while playing fucking Legend of Zelda with the Joy Cons detached. Oh, absolutely. Like, I I would also point out that third parties will probably jump on this too as well. Like they'll they'll hop on and they will make their own third yeah. party thing, make money that yeah, way. No, 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 no. So. Um, but I will ask this, though. Since we're on a topic of Nintendo and VR, if you could change any Nintendo game into a VR, what game would you change? Or what game would you want? Um, so that's hard. That's a hard, that's a hard question. Because I'm looking at my stuff, and, like, Mario Aces would suck in VR. Maybe Mario Kart would be cool. I can see it happening. Uh, I can see it happening. I, I don't think Smash Brothers needs to be in VR. That no, seem no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, 
Ooh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Yeah, that'd be that great. Would be awesome VR. That'd be dope. Oh, that'd be super cool. Uh, I don't want to see Splatoon 2 in VR. That would that would not be that great. The way that game plays would just be weird. It would if they change it to first person, maybe. Maybe, uh, but even then, like that game would suck in first person, which is why it's third because of all the stuff you can do with it. Right, right. It's true. Uh, Very true. If they were to if they were to release Metroid Prime, like Metroid the... Prime Four in VR. Yeah, okay, I see what you're going. Because I was going to say, like, they they didn't do VR, but, you know, the Metro Prime series was all in first-person mode. Um, and even with the Wii version, like, you were controlling the, the arm cannon with the Wii mode, so it was, like, much more fluid motion, so it kind of resembled that first-person view. So having it in VR where your head's uh, turning, that'd be, that'd be interesting. Yeah, so just by the way, I wanted to throw this out there. That was not necessarily my idea. Uh, Josh just sent me a uh, Discord message because he's using his phone while he's away from the computer. Ah, um, gotcha. <laughs> that was his idea, but he just said Metroid in VR, and I was just like, well, I wouldn't want a side-scrolling Metroid in VR, but definitely Metroid Prime would be dope in VR. Yeah, definitely. Because that game that game already has a lot of, like, look around at certain things and stare at it to unlock it. Like, mm-hmm. So if you were to do that in VR, it'd be dope. Absolutely. Um, but until then, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, and as E3 is coming closer and closer, we here at MSP are excited to see what's happening or what's coming up. Uh, such as Sony. Um, so let me go ahead and actually tweet this out. Okay, so this is reported off of Engadget.com, written by John Fengus. Sony finally, finally allows PSN online ID changes. Not every game will play nicely with this feature, though. After months of teasing and years of waiting, Sony is finally letting you change your PSN online ID. As of later on April 10th, today, or tomorrow in Europe, all PlayStation 4 users can change their handles either on their console or through a web browser. The first charge is free, or first change is free, while any subsequent changes will cost $10. If you're unsubscribed, use PlayStation Plus, and 5 bucks if you are. If you can revert back to an old ID for, or you can revert back to an old ID for free, and you don't have to worry about someone uh, poaching that past alias. As hinted earlier, there are significant caveats. Officially, only games released for the first time after April 1st, 2018, uh, have been designed to support ID changes, and there's still one spe- unspecific title that has problems. While a large majority of popular PS4 games should work. Sony can't guarantee that a name change won't cause hiccups. There is a list that shows the potential problems you might face, including a few titles such as Just Dance 2017 and Little Big Planet 3, with critical issues that break the experience. PS3 and PS Vita games don't support the future. Uh, PS3 and PS Vita games don't support the feature. It's arguably an overdue change when Xbox owners have. Oh, Xbox owners, what? Oh. So, okay, I see where it's going. It's, argu- it's arguably an overdue change when Xbox owners have long had the option of changing their game tags and technical limitations could only leave many people sticking with their names for a long time. Still, Sony had had to start somewhere and if it was going to make the feature available in the first place. And let's face it, if you've been stuck with the embarrassment ID for years, you'd probably be willing to make a few compromises to choose something more appropriate. Um, so... That's rough, man, like... 
it's... I know a lot of I know a lot of PlayStation <laughs> owners that have been wanting to change their gamer tag, and it, this is great. But at the same time, it's like if there's a game that you play relatively frequently, or you plan to play again in the future, and and changing your gamer tag is gonna fuck that up. Like it's like, what what do you do? How it, do you fix that? It's the monkey's paw situation. People have been asking for a long time. Like they want name changes, and you got it, but at at the cost of. Um, you know, there will be problems depending on what game you play. Uh, and even and even the article, it, it said that even, like, all the, currently, the games out there that were published or without the, was uh, released after April 1st should be fine. But there's even no guarantee for any future game releases that your name might fuck up something with some other game in the future. Um, and that sucks. I can't, yeah, it, the one that's weird to me is Just Dance. That's really strange to me because that's on other platforms where you can change your name. So what was so different about the PlayStation version that like limited that? So Sony so because Sony made the the way that the PSN worked with its uh with its usernames that um to give an example Xbox on uh, Xbox Live and the way Microsoft works is that your name, your ID code, or your ID is basically just numbers. And that's going to be always be your code. That's going to be always tied to your account. Oh! So, okay. so, the so, so they had to design their game for PlayStation individually to use the name and not a code number. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because okay. with, 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 my, with the, the Xbox names, like you can change your names however much you want. As long as the hard code, those numbers are in there, like the, the, the name is just a, a, a mask. Right, so like like on the Switch, that's why there's the friend code. Exactly. Everyone's friend code doesn't exactly. change. Yeah. You can't change it. Yeah. yeah, that makes perfect fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then that's fucking, yeah, PlayStation, well done. Good job on that that's stupid yeah and and they've and i people within sony devs have like been out there and saying like it's a it's a bitch to really i mean i'm I'm paraphrasing the bitch part but like like they're they're basically saying like it is a it's a hassle like this was a problem they made and they regret it right now trying to make this work or happen that's why we don't see many um games from the ps3 era on the ps4 as much um, so like there's the PS3 was very much its own console and its very own thing with its own ecosystem, but anything transporting from that console to and after the, or to the PS4 or in the PS5 at this point will be just a, a hassle to do. So oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that ex- explains entirely why it's a hassle. Absolutely. Good lord, that's like changing everyone's fucking bread code. Exactly. Like, that exactly. Is like, it is. like it's it's. Good God! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't know that. That's why they couldn't do it. I mean, yeah. I like. I understand now, and because I understand now, like it's a different scenario. But mm-hmm. good Lord, that's that's really bad foresight on their part. Yeah. So, I, it, it, and I'll, I'll say this to anybody who was thinking about it: there are Sony has put out some information out there that you can look up as far like what. What are games that are that work with this? What are games that don't? What are games you may have to look out for if you indeed plan to change your name? Also, I would advise if you plan to change your name, be a hundred percent sure you want to do so, given the caveat of what what potentially may happen in the future with any other game because of the way the PSN was was made back in the PS3 era. 
So I would say at your own risk. It's kind of it kind of feels like um you know those commercials online uh, or not commercial online on TV um where it's like uh you know uh, you know if you take this 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 product you know uh, side effects can include yada 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 same thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah um but they finally did it and um it's it's out there if you want to do it and use it um i was i almost did it this morning actually when i heard the news um thankfully i didn't uh because then i later on learned about all this information so it's like i'm gonna actually stick to my name like i don't like my psn name honestly <laughs> um like i don't know why i made it and for those and i'll, I'll get this out to anybody who wants to frame it or whatnot i don't really care i don't really play on ps4 as much um but the the name that i chose for my id was uh, McNasty MSP. <laughs> mm. So I'm like, oh, I look back, it's like, man, what was I thinking? <laughs> so Yeah, it's rough. I mean, yeah, like, uh, uh, my favorite one is, uh, well, maybe not favorite one, but the one that I remember right off the top of my head is that Brian uh, Belcher of Heat. Um, have empty energy tank for everyone that didn't get that acronym when I said it out loud. Uh, that was sarcasm. Just make sure everyone understood that. Ha-ha. Um... <laughs> oh, it was Sark. I was. It was. It was the self burn. Anyway, moving yeah. on. Um, his gamer tag on Xbox for years was Game Dismantler. Game oh. Dismantler. <laughs> wow. That, so finally, he, yeah, he, he forked over the ten bucks to change it to just his name, Brian Bolcher. That is a very good. I'll say that is a very like two thousand name. Like early two thousand. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's so it's so fucking funny. Like it, it, it legitimately made me laugh the first time I played with him. I was like, I was like, ha, he, it's a fucking stupid name. <laughs> right. One day I was like, he changed it to Brian Belcher. I was like, oh okay. Well, he just changed it to his name, which is funny because his uh, when you look at his 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 information, which I'm looking at right now. Um, it says his gamer tag is Brian Belcher, and then his real name is Brian Belcher. <laughs> so, good job, Brian. But Brittany is like her her handle is Brittany Saturn, but her real name is Brittany Miller, which she has on the thing. Just fine, I get like using your first name, but then changing whatever your last name would be. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Online handles are so fucking weird because like. Oh yeah, I mean, it yeah, it's a weird thing, like. And I respect those who put their full name out there because, like, you have, you have more balls than I do. Um, <laughs> like, given my my tag I have online, it's like it's Defective Naruto, it's Clawmaster, it's whatever. Like, mine's Shabura Geek fucking everywhere, so. Yeah. Um, Give me a follow. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that. Um, Where did you get Clawmaster? That's so, my curiosity. So, uh, long story short, Clawmaster was a character I made when I was very, uh, very young. Um, because originally I wanted to be a comic artist, and I actually drew my own comic um, where I was very inspired by Wolverine, and I thought, hmm, I like Claws, I like Wolverine, I'm going to try and think of a name, and Clawmaster came up. Um, I wrote like an entire origin story of whatnot, and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so it's an actual OC character that I kept with me since childhood, <laughs> and I keep with Yikes. me. So, yikes! Yeah, 
I, it's, my, my character was super weird. He had claws, but, like, his brain was exposed, and he had, like, tubes coming out of his head, and, like, he was made out of metal. Yeah. I was a, I was a very weird kid. I still am today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yep, yep. All right. Moving on to our next topic at hand. Talking about a game we are both excited for, and I would... I actually, I, I would definitely be down to just like opt in to, to tell uh, Gearbox, hey, give us free codes so we can crossplay and play this on launch day. Um, Borderlands 3. Um, but this specifically is talking about the review volumes that's been happening uh, since the announcement that they're going to be on the Epic Games Store exclusive for six months. This is from GameSpot.com, written by Steve Watts. Borderlands 3 boss says review, review bombing might make things worse for Steam fans. The review of Borderlands 3 didn't go without its share of controversy. As part of the announcement, developer Gearbox and publisher 2K revealed that would be, that would be exclusive. That. That's right, yeah. That's on, that's on our end, not yours, by the way, uh, listeners at home. Uh, uh, publisher 2K revealed that it would be ex- exclusive to the Epic Game Store until April 2020. This led to a backlash in the form of review bombing in older Borderlands games on Steam. Steam's fans angry with the decision flooded the user review section with low scores and many of them explicitly calling out the Epic deal. But they might have inadvertently been making things worse as Gearbox studio head Randy Pitchford has suggested it soured him on using Steam at all. Quote, Ironically, that this misuse is possible and that Steam has no interest in correcting this misuse makes me kind of happy that 2K's decision and makes me want to reconsider Gearbox publishing current posture on the on the platform, he said on Twitter. A direct uh, may have gotten Steam's attention as a platform is discounting uh, reviews uh, for, the first, uh, for the first time ever on Borderlands 2. Steam implemented a recently added tool that flags off-topic review activity within a certain date range. Their views are still present in the system, but aren't included in the average user score. It's also accompanied by a note warning readers that the user review section includes a abnormal set of views that we believe are largely unrelated to the likelihood that they uh, that you would enjoy the product. So, um, review bombing sucks, first off. Um, it's, it's really stupid. It's dumb. It's very dumb. You don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> uh, what's up, Trickstar? Um, I haven't seen you here in a long time. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, review bombing sucks is the first thing I would say. Um, I would say good on Randy to kind of uh, make that call at Steam. It's like, hey, you know, with seeing this, you know, I kind of feel like maybe we should, you know, stick to Epic Game Store longer. Uh, you know, just kind of... Right. Well- I was just, I was gonna point out that this is this isn't the first time we've seen review bombing. I've talked about it in the pre-show. This isn't necessarily video games related, but we've seen this a lot happen with movies. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes had to change their entire thing because of the potential backlash, or sorry, the the upcoming review bombing for Captain Marvel. Um, they uh, uh, Metacritic has had had to deal with it. Um, uh, Last Jedi has had to deal with it. Like it's any time there's a large group of people that are very angry about a thing, this is their go-to thing now. And I'm really happy that Randy and Gearbox are just like you guys. 
Like, that's so awesome to me because it's going to tell them that this isn't how you handle things. You don't, this is not how you handle things as an adult. Um, if people are upset about the exclusivity, then express that in a very calm manner. Because trust me, the devs hear all of that shit. They really do. Um, did we talk about it? I think we talked on the podcast, but like, uh, it's becoming a thing where devs just will not use social media anymore. I don't because of. I was gonna say I don't think we talked about it, but like you're keep going, but you're you're right so far. <laughs> yeah, like like the only devs that you really see now again on now, nowadays on Twitter are like the head, the lead guys. The, the guys just, you know, doing the work on the on the PCs and, and working in the team, they're, they're not on Twitter. They're not on Facebook because the vitriol that is spewed is is just ridiculous. Right. Um, yeah, you're, you're totally right. And I think um, because it is, Steam implemented a first-ever new feature on their platform to filter out those, those reviews, for review, review bombing, um, with, a, with a note saying like, hey – don't you know we have a section off uh part of this because the uh the review bombing was happening and that should not affect your overall feeling of how the game is when you buy this product or indicative what this product is and because of that um and again we had this conversation prior but like because of what epic steam's uh epic Steam with epic steam store uh, and Steam paying attention now and seeing what they're doing, like they kind of been on, on a defensive for 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 a lot of things, um, changing their UI like pretty soon, like having this implemented, like yeah, their the pressure's on them um, to make these changes, and especially when Randy Pitchford saying like, hey, I don't like what this is going on. I think it might stick to the other one a lot longer than Steam, and Steam took notice and they made a a change to hopefully have them stay longer. So we'll see what happens in the future with that. Um, but in general, yeah, yeah, review bombing, like it's not, you're not, all you're doing is is a, it's a, minor, a minor annoyance, honestly. Um, like you're not really changing the outcome of what said person is going to watch a movie or play a game. Um, it's just. It's, it's, it's childish, man. Like at yeah. the end of the day, like I'm just going to outright say it. It's fucking childish. Mm-hmm. You're acting no different than the kid who didn't get his ball at recess. You're, you're acting like you are deserved something because you're a customer and that you're going to stick it to the man by boycotting or review bombing when you're not. You're not doing anything. Uh, when it comes to Borderlands 3, here's what's going to happen. Mark my fucking words. All the people that are bitching about it being on Epic, they are, there are going to be a few that are going to legitimately wait because they're that mad. They're that stubborn. And they're going to wait until April. Or they're just going to download Epic and fucking buy it. Yeah. Like, it's just a thing. Like, there was a whole there was a whole thing that I was watching recently. I think it was through Inside Gaming. But they were showing how, like, a bunch of people were trying to say that Epic was a, uh, a spy bot because Tencent owns that. Oh, yeah, Tencent yeah. being a, a Chinese uh, multinational group. Mm-hmm. Um... And that Tencent would send would, would, would steal your data off of Epic and give it to the Chinese government, which, let me just point that out real quick. Like, why the fuck would the Chinese government want your information about what games you're playing? It makes no sense, but whatever. I digress. Uh, the, um, 
the only legitimate concern I've ever heard about Epic is that they don't have the features that I want. If you're complaining that you don't have your friends there, your friends will come over. Like, your friends will go there because, guess what? They're using the same platform. Um, if you're worried about achievements, that is an unbelievable fucking problem. That, that is on you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, you think I give a shit about achievements? I don't. But do I like when it pops up when I play Xbox games? I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Nintendo doesn't have that stuff, but I'll I'll buy an indie game on this on the Switch way faster than I will on my Xbox because I don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a dick. It's a dick hat, and the only reason that you care about achievements is because you got You're like, oh, my dick hat's bigger than your <laughs> dick hat. Yeah. Guess what? At the end of the day, you're a dickhead. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, uh, who cares about achievements? Uh, your friends will be there. Like they have a friends list. But when people complain about the features and stuff, I'm like, yeah, then legitimately let Epic know that. Yeah, because they're gonna implement calmly and politely. Yeah, and they're gonna implement that stuff in the future. Like, lest we forget, Epic just launched it not too long ago, and it's not gonna have all the features and bells and whistles that Steam has. I will say, I will say this, Anthony. I do agree with one critical uh, aspect to to Epic launching without these features. Um, Epic is is going the route of just getting exclusives to get people on their platform versus having the features and making people want to switch. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, true, very true. So to me, that's a little shitty, <laughs> right? But it's not that it's not that bad. It's not like the worst fucking thing on the planet because at the end of the day, they're a company trying to make money, and the way you make money is by getting exclusives. I think that they should have launched with a lot of these features and, and you know and implemented already. Maybe worked on the launcher a little bit before releasing it with so like so stripped. But who cares? Like at the end of the day, it's not spyware. It's been proven to not be spyware by nah, any fucking yeah, yeah. of the imagination. Tencent and Epic have come out and been like, no, we're not giving shit to the fucking Chinese government. You can look into it, which people have and gone. It's not fucking spyware. Yeah. Like, and, and to add to that point, like, if you're really, like, like again, so because of the whole um, Chinese government looking into your info, well, and Tencent, well, uh, I got a, uh, to tell you, um, Tencent has his hands on a lot of things, including Discord, including a bunch of movies you might have seen. So, like, yep. if, you're, yep. if you're afraid of giving out information about your, to the Chinese government, well, uh, I guess that's some news to tell you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh, it's it's a dumb it's a dumb thing to be concerned about, um, but uh, um, the one the one last thing I will say about the review bombing part that I think is so needless is you're only making your position worse at the end of the day, uh, and Randy Pitcher has shown that. Randy has said we're not going to tolerate this childish behavior, and I'm glad you don't get to play our game. Like, I'm glad you don't want to play it because we don't want you there. Like, that's what happened at the end of the day. Your review bombing pushed away the person that you wanted to not push away. Mm. So, good job, I guess. Yeah, good good job. You just made competition much more, uh, I won't say strip, but much more uh, lively between uh, Epic and Steam in favor of Epic. Yeah. Moving on to our next story at hand. Um, this is a concerning. Actually, speaking of, of the Epic uh, g- uh, Game Store, we were just talking about. Um, so, this was posted on a website called BarrelRoll.com, 
uh, written by Andy Wang. Um, Epic Games says they won't make another Metro Exodus mistake again. Epic Games have been, ro- uh, been boiling in hot water uh, recently um, uh, they, when they made a deal with Metro Exodus on having the game be exclusive to the Epic Game Store. They'll learn from their mistakes, but even then they're still signing exclusive deals with developers nonstop. Additionally, traditional Steam users are upset over this. The Metro Exodus deal with Epic was the biggest uproar uh, in the community so far. For those unfamiliar, the game was available on Steam for sale for months prior to to uh, to them being only available uh, available only available on the Epic Game Store. It was removed without notice and now only available to purchase on Epic's side. This obviously caused a lot of fans to be upset. And uh, now the further exclusive releases on the Epic Store, they will be having them ex- excluded from the beginning, uh, not some way through. This won't uh, please everyone, but it. Uh, but it should be much uh, better than uh, the game suddenly disappear from one DR- um, DRM to another. And the reason why I bring this up, and this is kind of old news, is Tim Sweeney, the CEO of uh, the Epic Game Store, recently posted on Twitter uh, regarding this this particular article, um, saying, "We've had a lot of discussions about this since GDC. Epic is open to continuing to sign funding and exclusively uh, sign exclusive deals." Uh, willing uh, with willing developers and publishers regarding regardless of their previous plans or announcements around Steam, um, which he is in the which he is indicating or what I've uh, what I gathered from that is that he has no problem signing anybody on Steam, any game publisher or any game any game company who wants to come to the Epic Game Store, regardless if that 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 game has been already announced for Steam or has been on Steam. And I'm very curious to see what, how do you feel of the idea of Epic Game Store making exclusive deals, but like also making deals with game companies that have that are already on Steam to then pour it into their platform? That's, no, that that's ridiculous to me. That's, that's, I mean, I think of it from this aspect, like if I was playing a game on Xbox and then suddenly tomorrow it's on PS4, Mm-hmm. And on Xbox, but I had already bought it on Xbox, but my friends couldn't buy it suddenly. Like, I'd be pissed. Um, I would reasonably, understandably be upset. And um, so I get Steam users being upset about that. Like, I totally get that. Uh, granted, Metro Exodus is a single player game. Um, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I think it is. Uh, at the end of the day, like you would just have to down. Like if you did, if you couldn't find it on Steam, you just have to download the launcher. Um, but yeah, you don't like you wouldn't want to do that. Like that just seems ridiculous to me to, to switch that. Um, like I get, I do get the uh, the the being upset about that. Uh, but at the end of the day, like like we've like you and I've said before, like they're just there. And then like when people say like, oh, they're not just launchers, I'm like, no, they are just launchers. Right. Uh, like um, when when I when I saw that tweet and, and and kind of harking back to that article because in that article it, uh, it they said in a panel like during at GDC when that question didn't, uh, came up they said that they don't, they don't want to do another Metro Exodus like they don't want to did did to that company and to that game um, when they were making that deal and poured it over to uh, the Epic Game Store um, because they got a lot of backlash behind uh, about it. Um, the devs were 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 
they were hating that whatever exclusive deals was happening was out of their control and whatever hate was going toward their way it wasn't on them it was because of what the higher ups were doing and right, I, and right, I, right. I Randy Pitford tried to say by the way about Borderlands 3 being on Epic but people weren't listening absolutely um, the one thing that I will say that I and, and, and I'm in agreement with you is that it to me it it if that is kind of the idea Tim Swinney wants to do with this with this company, like they want to take games that are already on Steam or going to be on Steam or supposed to be, but then have them sign uh, as an exclusive, time exclusive probably, uh, on Epic Game Store, it feels kind of like wrong to me. Uh, why? Because if a, it's the same example you just made of like if a game was on Microsoft, you know, Xbox only, say say like Halo. But then, like there was an a, a exclusive deal for them to bring it over to Sony, um, even though it was already there as it is. And I get it; business is business. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's just to me like kind of seeing like a game being stripped away from another platform to put it on another platform, it feels wrong. <laughs> like I can't particularly describe that feeling. It's like kind of not to like a like take a hyper hyperbole of it, um, <laughs> like. Taking taking a taking a thing or taking I want to say like a baby from their mother to another person. It's most like absurd thing I can think of, but like trying to compare. So, so here's here, here's a scenario. Here's let me give let me give you my thoughts on this because if a game has already launched on Steam and then suddenly is not there and moved to Epic, I'm not. That's not okay. Like that's that's really stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's if it hasn't released and is exclusive to Epic, but at first they were saying that it was going to be on the, at the Steam store, so what? Um, so there's uh, somebody in chat that came in, uh, Kaioko, who says, Steam has communities, game game discussion forums, mod and mod chat on their platform. It's a really social, popular social platform. Yeah, so is Discord and, and, and Reddit. Um, just saying. Um... Damn. It's just a launcher. Now. <laughs> like, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to sound rude about it, but like to to argue that those things make Steam more than just a launcher is ridiculous to me because there's a lot of things that have social aspects to them. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, the the idea that. Gaming should be a, in a sense, a socialist thing is so absurd to me. Um, as it is art. Hey, Genocide, what's up, man? Uh, it is also a capitalist thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it, it's, it's, they're trying to make money. Yeah. And if a studio says, oh, we can make money by taking this money from a, 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 uh, basically a, a studio that's going to launch our game uh, exclusively, they're going to take that deal. And you, as the as the gamer, have to just fucking deal with it. Um, that's why it's not a thing for me. We've seen that in the past, by the way, on console, where a game was supposed to come out for Xbox, but then doesn't. That's true. Because Very PlayStation true. made a deal or some shit like that. Very um, true. And, and, and guess what I did? I was just like, well, I guess I'm not playing that game. Because I, I don't have a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, less sweet, less sweet. No, but like, like I said, but like I said, if the game released on Xbox, 
then suddenly was not on Xbox, it was PS4, I'd be upset. Um, which I get why people would be that way about Epic and Steam, but at the end, at the end of the day, uh, you can argue until you're blue in the face that it's not just a launcher, but it is just a launcher. Um, uh, when, when Epic Store has a friends list, and so does Steam, the argument of, I can't just play with my friends, is ridiculous. Uh, the idea that you wouldn't be able to find other social places to talk to people is ridiculous. Um, Epic is going to increase and make better their platform. Um, and exclusive rights is business and capitalism 101. Uh, that's how this works. That's how this is always going to work. Lest we forget that um, in all of this, while these deals are being made by Epic, um, the reason why they're making these, these deals and these companies are agreeing to it is because uh, the cut is much better for game devs um, on the Epic Game Store versus Steam right now. One of the uh, main, main, main points they put out there is like, hey, you're getting a much bigger chunk than Steam is going to give you. Right. So that's 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 the dev aspect. Absolutely. You're not wrong, Anthony. Um, and, and Kayoko, uh, I want to point out that the a, a development company removing the choice for, for customers, I completely agree, is not the smartest move when it comes to business. Um, you are limiting the audience because there are going to be people who are loyal to one uh, platform or the other. But I do argue, Kayoko, and when I point this out with Xbox versus PlayStation, I keep looking at I'm, I want to look at the camera, but I'm looking at the <laughs> chat. Um, when I point this out, we're going to go over, by the way, on this one. That's fine. When, when, uh, when I point this out with Xbox and PlayStation, if a game is exclusive to PlayStation or a game is exclusive to Xbox, the other group doesn't get to play that game, and it's harder for them to get to play that game because they would have to buy a whole new console. But on PC, and this is the point I make all the time, Steam is a free launcher, Epic is a free launcher. So your capability of still purchasing the game and playing it does not, is not hindered. Um, when, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Genocide, so uh, elaborate and I'll get to that. Um, so from a business aspect, from a business standpoint, having exclusives doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. But it depends on what the exclusivity is. If the development company can see an overturn of their profit by the money that Epic is giving them to be exclusive on their platform, plus the money that they could potentially roll in with a higher percentage than Steam, that's why they're going to see that Epic is a better exclusivity deal than just being on than being on both platforms. That's what I'm getting at. And when a lot of people don't see that, it, it irritates me. Cause, because it, it's... It's pretty obvious to me. It's it's right there. It's it's writing on the wall. But a lot of Steam users are stubborn. From what I've seen, a lot of Steam users look beyond the game. Uh, as I've said on this podcast a hundred fucking times, um, a platform is only a vehicle to play the game. And... Uh, if I want to play a game, I want to play it, I just want to play it. I don't care what system it's on. I don't care if it's on where the launcher that it's on. I want to play the game. And it's crazy to me that people are now arguing over the platform. 
it's just as crazy to me as when people have like, oh, PlayStation over Xbox, because it doesn't, at the end of the day, make a lot of sense. It's just a vehicle to play said game. Um, yeah, Epic has the right. Epic has. Epic knows what they're doing. Again, do I argue that Epic needs to update their system, their platform, to be better for players? Absolutely. Um, I think that they need more options. They need a there's a couple things I was just like, why? <laughs> uh, they don't, like they don't have a um, like a wish list or a, or a uh, shopping cart. Like they don't have that, which I'm like, that seems like a first day sort of thing. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, for those for those listening at home, the question was, do you, I do agree that Steam needs competition to get their platform better? Epic has the right idea. So do Origin slash Uplay, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Uh, Uplay is not even a thing anymore, from what I understand. Like, no. Uh, <laughs> Ubisoft just moved all their stuff to, to the other platforms. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, it's 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 and and that's the thing about Borderlands, by the way, that kills me is like it's it's not it's it's not a permanent exclusivity. So you could eventually get it on Steam, but what people are arguing, from what I've seen outside of the whole like it's spyware, which it's not. Um, is the the aspect of like it doesn't have all these features which i was which i always argue i'm like yeah i wanted to play owlboy real bad but i bought it on my switch because i wanted to buy it on my switch and which doesn't have achievements doesn't have my friends list i can't compete with people like a whole bunch of little things like that versus xbox so that's that's the point that i'm getting at it's it's i get some of the critiquing towards epic i get it but at the end of the day uh uh so so kayoko says every publisher want that sweet sweet money without the middleman at least until recently well yeah i mean that's how you keep the lights on at the end of the day uh you know that's how you get an increase in your check and all that jazz like yeah they want money um and and uh, a, a developer especially a developer working for a publisher um, they they don't want to be shut down, <laughs> so they want to sell as many copies as possible. Um, and uh, publishers are at the end of the day looking for that. They're looking for the money that's being brought in that shows investors that that money can be brought in, which is what where EA essentially or Activision gets their money is from investors. Uh, EA and Activision get a very 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 small percentage of sales very small percentage so there's a lot of angles to this and i think that you know a lot of people that i've heard talk about the situation who've gone to business class school or they are businessmen in different aspects or they're entrepreneurs just like yeah this is duh this is what this is um and so it's silly to me to see a lot of people be upset now again i do state as the as the title says Anthony misspelling continue. Um, ha 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having your game release on a platform and then and then moving it to a different platform is ridiculous. Uh, but I would argue that with with Metro Exodus, it's a single player game, so you just have to get a different launcher. Like, sure, you don't get your achievements on Steam. Sure, you don't have your friends list that you compete with. Sure, you don't have the social aspect yada 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 which technically steam would still have the social aspect to for metro exodus um but uh yeah it's just it's 
to me, it's not it's not as big of an issue as everyone wants to make it out to be. Epic is going to be making moves and doing stuff to compete with Steam. And what Steam needs to do, if they really want to compete, is start changing shit. Now, change that percentage that felt that that devs get that those companies get. Start changing uh, how difficult it is for certain games to connect. Um, like there's there's a lot of things Steam needs to adjust and change. Mm-hmm. But none of this is anti-consumer by any measure. Like if 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 Epic was here, I'll tell, I'll tell you what's anti-consumer. If Epic was like, it costs ten dollars uh, a month to use our platform. Here's some exclusives. Yes, <laughs> that's anti-consumer. <laughs> that's them just looking for money. But it's a free platform. So mm-hmm. it's, it's so at the end of the day, let's say you want to buy Metro Exodus, whether it's on Steam or Epic, you're only paying sixty bucks. Period. Hands down, flat rate, and you get to play the game. Alrighty then. So, going a little bit over time there, but that's perfectly okay, because now that we've done that, Greg is all warmed up. His, his vocal cords are ready to go, which means it's time for Why You're Wrong with Greg Dietz. Alright, folks, if you're new to the stream, or you haven't been to the podcast... What this segment is, is I basically pick something in the week that irritated the hell out of me, and I, I explain why people are wrong. Uh, this week is the, uh, the whole um, thing about easy mode in video games. Uh, so if you didn't know the story, what happened is uh, Sekreo, uh, Shadows Die Twice, I fucking feel like I'm pronouncing that wrong every time I say it. Uh, Shadows Die Twice came out, and um, it's a difficult game. It's, it's, it's a game that's made by From Software. Who made Bloodborne and Dark Souls and also uh, Genocide? I didn't see what you said about Dark Souls and, and uh, Bloodborne because I was on a tirade. Um, but uh, uh, Kotaku came out with a, with an article that was basically questioning whether or not Sekiro should have a difficulty meter, maybe an easy mode or something less taxing on the player than the game's single difficulty and this sparked a huge debate that like game journalists only want easy mode and they're not good at games all this kind of shit which i hate because it's neither here or there but it sparked an argument about difficulty in video games and uh accessibility um one of the things i saw was uh uh stripping um who he's Streamed on Twitch. Like, if you don't know who Strippin is, he's he's on Twitch. Uh, Sam Thorpe, I want to say his name is. Uh, he's married to Dodger. Um, hold on, let me read this real quick. Genocide Squirrel says uh, that just Demon Souls is exclusive to PS3 and Bloodborne is exclusive to PS4. And even though they are years old, they still won't release them on modern consoles. In case Demon Souls and PC. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunch of exclusivity shit. Yeah, yeah. It's. I didn't like that Destiny. Destiny 1 and 2 have exclusive shit to PS4, and I'm playing an Xbox, but yeah. Um, you know, it's there to sell fucking consoles. It's there to sell... That's that's the point of exclusives. Anyway, moving back to what I was saying. Uh, and Steven Spawn, who is a spoon? 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 Anyway, he, he saw the, the, the jokey comment that Sam made. And he was basically saying in, in his own thread, like, this kind of comment scares me because this is the kind of comment that spirals into 
no hard game, no games at all should have an easy mode. Uh, they, they, accessibility options don't, shouldn't exist because it's, it's all up to the developer on how they want to make the game. And as I do agree with that to an extent, I do believe that it's possible to add or change the difficulty settings without ruining the integrity of the game. Um, this is why nine times out of 10, when you look at games, it says normal, easy, and hard. Uh, because normal is, the, is, is how they want it to, to be played and be, be experienced. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, um, and right after this happened, it's a huge spark debate. And then, and then PC Gamer had an article where their reviewer for, for Sekiro came out and said, uh, I beat the last boss with a mod and I feel fine, was the headline. Now, pe people reacted to the headline because whatever. And what the article talked about was that he played through the entire game without doing anything, without changing anything. And he got to the final boss and had a really, really, really hard time. To the extent that he basically said, if I was playing this casually on my own, I probably would have quit because it was just too difficult. And uh, I would never have seen the ending of the game. But instead, I downloaded a mod so I could beat the game and, and, and then do my review. People then started coming out of the Warbrook saying that because he used a mod, because he cheated, his review was null and void. That he didn't have the full experience of the game, which I argue he did. He did experience the game almost in its entirety. He just used it on the final boss. Um, but this sparked a debate of like, are you experiencing the game as it should be if you use mods or play on easy mode? My argument is yes, you're experiencing the game how you want to experience it. You're having fun with said game. And at the end of the day, that's all the devs really want. That's all they care about is if you're having fun with their game. Nine times out of 10, devs do not lose sleep. I'm, I'm going to say fucking 99 times out of 100. Devs do not lose sleep over people playing the game the way they want to play it. Um, if I went to a dev who made Halo and I said, hey, I love the game. It was awesome. I love the story. I beat the whole thing on easy. It was a great time. He'd be like, awesome. He wouldn't say, well, you didn't experience the game as I intended because you didn't play it on normal. No dev would fucking say that, period. And this was further implemented when um, Eurogamer had a, had, a, had a conversation with three developers. Uh, David Jaffe, um, who straight up was just like, difficulty modes do not change the integrity of the game, straight up, not the game. Uh, the guy who developed uh, Celeste, who said they, he said he changed development mid-development cycle to add in accessibility options to the game. Um, and one other dev who I, I'm drawing a fat blank on, but I think he worked at Naughty Dog, who said that accessibility options and, and, and uh, difficulty modes absolutely do not change the integrity of the game. Um, so these were three different developers. Now, again, this is three out of uh, like thousands of developers that exist, um, who all have stated that that adding this kind of stuff does not change the game. Now, from software, the, the head guy has said that, like he's come out and said, we're not changing anything with the game. We're not adding an easy mode, yada, yada, yada. Um, 
so so the sticker is not getting changed. But the the debate is whether or not games should have these modes. Now, I do agree to the angle that we shouldn't be pressuring or pushing devs to put things in the game that they don't have they don't want to put in there. We should not be doing that. We should let devs make the game they want to make and then and then it's released. Uh, do I think it's important for de- developers to consider doing this kind of stuff? Absolutely, because this increases your audience. Like straight out the gate, like if Sekiro had an easy mode, I'd play it. There's a potential for people who don't want to have that kind of a stressful experience to play the game. Um, I heard an argument that was like, well, that's what Twitch exists for. Do you know how obnoxious it is to just watch a game sometimes? It sucks. I have not played God of War. I had to watch all of God of War on YouTube because I don't have a PS4. I didn't want to do that. I would have loved to just play it. Same with fucking Spider-Man, which I have not touched. Uh, point I'm getting at is that ju- that argument is is ridiculous. Because um, imagine if, if those games were on Xbox, I'd play them. But that's the point I'm getting at is is adding accessibility options increases your audience and potential to make some more money or to or even from a artist perspective to get more people to see what you created to experience this art. And I think that's the important takeaway. We got to stop saying like, well, that's not going to stop some people from saying it, but the ridiculous vitriol of if you don't play a game on hard, you didn't really experience the game. Or if you used mods or cheats, you didn't experience the game. That shit's fucking stupid. It's ridiculous. Um, Everyone's cheated at a game. Everyone's used mods. Like it's a fucking thing. It's for fun sometimes. Sometimes it's just, you know, I I just want a casual experience on this hard game. Like it could be a number of fucking reasons why you use a cheater or mod and they're fine. Um, It's really not a big deal. And if you want to gloat that you beat a game on the hardest fucking difficulty, great, good for you. At the end of the day, no one gives a shit. You're not getting a fucking ticker tape parade because you beat Halo 3 old lasso on, which if you don't know what that is, it's all skulls on. It's extremely difficult. Um, no one cares. At the end of the day, no one gives a shit. Like, it, it doesn't, you aren't, you aren't getting some internet clout because you did. Like, unless your own brain is enjoying it. So, it's, you gotta stop telling people how to enjoy games, period. If I want to play my games on easy, if somebody else wants to play their games on easy, let them play it on easy. Let them have a different experience that they chose to have. That is why it's so important to stop telling people. Sorry, let me rephrase that. It's so important to stop telling people how to enjoy their games. Trying to tie this in. Because when you do that, that's why you're wrong. Okay, got it. I figured it out. I got there. And there you have it. Another another segment, another edition of Why You're Wrong with Great Deeds. This is a portion of my kind of, you know, I wouldn't say rebuttal, but... um, Kind of follow up to what you Drake is saying. but I don't. I was like, I don't think you disagree. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really don't. Like, the, I will say like two things. One, I really appreciate like these conversations that have been happening about this. Um, it was coming from 
not only just from the people who have played the games, you know, people within the gaming news industry, but also like game devs coming out and talking about like, hey, you know, their thoughts on on this whole thing, which is really cool. Um, and like that, as far as I as I've seen, not much of a heated debate from a lot of people. As far as I've seen, it's actually civil. Um, so hey, everything is sealed nowadays. Um, and the second thing I will say is the other aspect that was um, attached to all of this was the for I think the word ex, uh, able to play the game the way you want it and the word um, accessibility also also caught wind of you know people who are unable to play games normally like people of you know who are disabled um, and that word what, was did, what did Microsoft say when they released their their accessibility kit Anthony when we all play we all win exactly so then that conversation kind of hopped in which I agree and, and it that um, that viewpoint is also very important, and I think that and I think that now that that's been out there, and that game the game devs is looking at that and having this deeper conversation, probably behind closed doors, is like you know how can we make a game that people who are you know blind, or how do we make this game that people who um, are disabled to some degree where they can only use their mouth, like things like that, and um, and I and I love the fact that like this conversation is you know is is hitting on all those points and also just in general what you know should the well, game I had a friend it's funny I had a friend who who was arguing with me about this and he was basically saying that like uh, anyone who's complaining about difficulty nowadays like back in the day when we had NES games or Super NES games for that matter uh, you die three times and that's it like you're done there's no save states there's no lives like it like or you know there's no there's none of that stuff and I was like True, but that was also designed in, in, at a time where games were expensive, and to convince parents to buy games, you had to have a, a lot of time played in said game. Um, so $60 was a lot of money back then, and that's a lot of money now. Um, so if a kid got a game for 60 bucks and beat it in an hour, my, my phone is not moving. Um, uh, How dare you? <laughs> uh, then parents wouldn't feel like their money and they would not buy more games so they were designed to be difficult so kids had to keep trying and trying and trying and spend hours on these games but you go back and you look at like why easy modes and saves were implemented in games and that's because developers wanted people to experience the story as a whole and um i guarantee there are a lot of devs out there that'll tell you like yeah we put difficulty modes in our game because we know that some people just don't have the skill. They're not going to gain that skill. And maybe they want to experience these games. Now, I do feel that, like, some people go a little overboard with, like, oh, well, Wolfenstein 1 and 2, when you do the easy mode, it calls you a baby, and that's funny. And I'm like, yeah, because it's a joke. Like, yeah. it's not actually calling you a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't they put it in the fucking game so you could experience their story. <laughs> right, right, definitely. I, I will, I will say one thing because I've um, before, before we end this in our podcast and whatnot, and do our outros and whatnot. Um, in the case of FromSoft, like you know, they usually just release a game with as difficulty as is, and what their vision of the game should be, um, and how difficult it should be. And I respect that. Like, if if you feel if you're a game dev and you want to make a game without no without any other modes except for you know the one mode in there. And you feel like to you like that's 
how you feel the game should be perceived and the difficulty as far as like how hard the game should be then then no, more more power to you and as far as like that's your vision of what you want to uh, want to do with it um but like yeah like it, there are other cases where like you know other games have difficulty modes for the same purpose that greg was saying um well like i've, I've said to people like if if we both experienced i always keep trying to change the game to just make the point further if we both experienced a a game a story-based game on different difficulties did we have different experiences? Not fucking really. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, they want us to have fun with the game in any capacity. We don't even need to play the game correctly to have fun. Um, can't tell you like how many speedruns I've seen so far of people like breaking the game in many different ways that no normal human being <laughs> would do, but they're having a lot of fun with it. And that's the end one of the One of the funniest, just to close this off, Anthony, one of the funniest things that I saw in, in all this vitriol was a guy goes this is why i hate speedrunners because they ruin the game because they beat it so fast and nobody has to play it afterwards <laughs> it was the silly I was, I was like that is by far the silliest shit i've ever seen absolutely absolutely all right well guys that has been our entire podcast thank you for those who came in and uh, talked to us asked us questions as much as this is very much a podcast between me and Greg when we talk about game news, uh, and it's also very much an interactive podcast. So if you are listening on yes. the internet, uh, via YouTube, uh, our podcast feeds, um, for those on Twitch, uh, yeah, join us, talk to us, ask us questions, and and yeah, definitely, definitely come in more. Fucking <laughs> Josh. God damn it, Josh. <laughs> For, for for those listening, Josh came in, and came in saying, I need an easier difficulty because I'm handicapped, in which he actually is. <laughs> um, so before we go, uh, Greg, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, if you fucking hate my opinion and you want to you tell me that you hate my opinion, which I know my opinions are nine times out of ten not popular, uh, you can find me on Twitter and debate with me there. Uh, that's at Chub Rock Geek. I'm sure you saw it above my head a bunch during the podcast, but if you're listening, it's at Chub Rock Geek. Uh, you can also head to Instagram and Facebook and follow me there. I'm just not as active there. Um, I do a podcast with my good buddy and Sabiner, who's in chat right now, Josh Fisher. He, uh, what we do is we watch two uh, internet streaming shows uh, on Netflix, Hulu Plus, Amazon Prime, what have you. Watch two of them in their entirety, give our thoughts, impressions, and then give them a grade at the end. Um, uh, we just had an episode go up this last Friday on, um, oh shit, I forgot the two shows we did, Josh. Uh, help me out here. They were good shows, too. Like, we gave them high grades, but I'm drawing a fat blank. Anyway, um, he'll say it in chat in a second. But uh, uh, we also recorded, we record every Wednesday, so we did a uh, episode on, um, for our second show, which is still called All Cued Up, but it's uninhibited. You know what, Josh? Just there's a lot on my mind. Okay, Let's forget things. <laughs> uh, but we uh, oh. love death and robots, and afterlife. I'm not reading that middle part. Fuck yourself, Josh. <laughs> uh, he titled the episode. The title of episode 44 is "Love, Death, and Robots: Circumcised, Uncircumcised Hobos, and Afterlife." Because of something that happens in the episode. Go listen to it because Josh is a jerk. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I love doing the show, but we had, we had one today 
which will go up this Friday. So if you're listening to this any other time of the week, the episode should already be up. But um, uh, Josh and I are going to be essentially hosting the Summer Movie Wager via Uninhibited. Um, so I list off all the movies and stuff like that. And if you don't know what that is, listen to the podcast on Friday. Uh, and you'll be able to hear all about the Summer Movie Wager. And then join us, because guess what? If you beat Josh and I, you win a free All Keyed Up t-shirt. Cool. That's exclusive to the people listening to the podcast right now. Uh, or, well, a prize, yeah. Not just a t-shirt. Like, you'll win a thing from the store. Sorry. I guess <laughs> I should clarify that. Win a prize. Um... There's also another stipulation, which you'll have to listen to the podcast to hear. But yeah, it's pretty great. I'm I'm excited. I love doing the summer movie wager. It's a really it's a really fun little thing that we do every year. But uh, I'm glad to bring it to Uninhibited. Um, but yeah, Uninhibited is also just a show where Josh and I shoot the shit. Like we were just like, let's do a weekly show. Let's do you know every other week we'll do Uninhibited. Every other week uh, on that we'll do the review show, and it's it's been fun. So check that out. AllQueuedUpPodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at QueuedUpPodcast to. Get updates on stuff. You can also join a discussion group on Facebook. Um, just search all Keto Podcast and you'll find stuff. Pretty great. But other oh. than that, uh, Anthony, what about you? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I like long beaches on the or long walks on the beach and uh, you know all that jazz. But if you want to know me on Twitter, it is at Defective Naruto. Um, you can follow me there uh, as well as this podcast was at missionsarpodcast.com. Where we uh, talk, where we post this podcast every Monday. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I am in Long Beach. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we post this podcast every Monday, the full audio version um, on our website, as well as on various podcast services around the globe, including Anchor, including Spotify, including Stitcher, iTunes, uh, iTunes what have you. Um, it's out there. Look it up. It's not that hard to, to find us. Um, but... If you want to listen to the whole thing much more sooner, we upload each segment of this podcast onto our YouTube channel um, leading up to the very next week of the podcast, uh, including segments that you just want to see about, you know, somebody in chat was talking about, hey, did you talk about Borderlands 3? Well, it'll probably be up later on this week uh, where we we upload it to our YouTube channel, uh, and uh, you can check it out uh, at your own dismay, as well as other various topics. and uh, yeah, we'll be live uh, next week on our new time, oh, our old, old new time, uh, back to Wednesday nights, uh, starting at 6 p.m., uh, where we go live for a pregame show for an hour and then go live at 7 p.m. for our main show uh, of the podcast, where we talk about gaming news. Um, I will say, uh, it's just kind of, and I talked to Greg about this prior, but uh in the future, coming up because E3 is around the corner, I intend to schedule something between me and Greg and do some um, long recordings of each press conference uh, or each press conference and some of the companies coming up for E3 uh, to discuss our predictions and what we, we, what we may think will be there, including Ubisoft, including Microsoft, including Nintendo, what have you. So be on the lookout for that, um, and hopefully, if I am not too buried under other stuff. It should be up around around the time leading up to E3. With that being said, um, that's going to do it for the both of us. Um, and uh, let me click on the outro here to get this ready. And with that, we'll see you guys next time.